Hey, all you Trek Live crew members, this is Trek Live Dan. Just wanted to say thank you for dropping by the podcast feed. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is recorded live first on our YouTube channel, so definitely um, stop on by to join the discussion. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Trek Live is now live uh, for episode 155. Uh, we're going to be talking about episodes that would have made good two-parters. How you doing, Spring Jeff? I'm doing good. I'm excited to continue this kind of two-parter type of run that we're doing with Trek Live. I'm excited to talk about episodes of, of Star Trek that would make good two-parters. Yeah, yeah, this should be an interesting uh, topic. We've done similar kinds of conversations before. I think we've probably touched on these kinds of things and did a little bit, maybe a little bit of a different way in the past. Like you go way back into our backlog of stuff on YouTube. Um, but, uh, having done a lot of stuff on, um, the, the two port fantasy draft last week and thinking about times arrow and, uh, just being into the rewatch and, you know, having fresh perspectives. I'm interested to see what we come up with as episodes that might have made cool, uh, two partners basically. If, 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 a, if that extra time and, um, expanded, um, you know, opportunities with plot and character stuff yeah. within the framework of the story that we know already happened with a single episode, would, which, which opportunities would excite us the most to expand on uh, those things. And, um, it, it was tough. I know on Twitter, there were, there were some folks who were chiming in, AKA Mamel was on Twitter, I think. Um, and and gave a lot of feedback um or, or talked about kind of like the difficulty of, of this like it's not and i found the same thing when i really sat down and started thinking about it there were a lot of um things going through my mind like there are episodes that i kind of ended up not wanting to touch i was like i kind of think they're like concise and like perfectly paced and i, I don't know that two parts and like expanded more stuff would be would be that helpful um yeah. So we'll talk about it as we get into the topic, uh, but how we came up with the choices that we came up with, and um, at least for me, speaking for myself, and maybe some some episodes that like on the surface feel like cool opportunities, but I might not. I'm I'm, I'm at the same time kind of like glad that they are single episodes. Uh, so I, I got I got thoughts, and I'm interested and eager to, to really dive into them. Um, <laughs> But uh, how about a rewatch just before we get into all that? Where are you on your Deep Space Nine? I finished uh, a season. I will I will run through the you list did. of episodes here. Um, I didn't know that you've done season three. Yes, I am done. Wow. I kept it a little bit quiet. I did not post on Twitter much, or even on the Discord server much, because uh, it's tough now because of, of the Cedar Skip it. But I'm going to try to in the, going into season four. I'm going to try to be a little bit more active on that front. But um, yeah, I think I believe the last episode I mentioned was um, was it? Well, this is season probable four. cause, maybe. <laughs> Doing this on the fly here. It was... Yes, it was. So I did watch the Dias cast, Explorers, Family Business, um, just kind of that back run of episodes that is, um, I think, pretty, pretty strong. I think there's some of... um, There's some really good episodes. (sighs) Explorers... 
like might be my top three episode of Deep Space Nine. Wow, like, ever okay. I, I that that that, that episode really stuck out to me. I a little bit of backstory. I kind of come from a kind of single father type of dynamic, so um, yep. that's that kind of just hits home to me, and I love just exploring. Um, it's it's kind of building off, you know, the premise a little bit with with the. Bajoran heritage, but I think it's kind of the oh, yeah. first time we see Cisco kind of really dive into that and be actually kind of really like I think Dax uh, kind of talks about it in the episode, but the, how he just goes like full tilt, like just dives in, cannonballs into the heritage and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, I think just it's a great episode. I love that. I really do love that episode. Yeah, we talked last week about. Um, uh, and we've, a couple times in the last few weeks because you just did season two and I just hit second sight and one of the things we talked about with that was it, it, the one thing that episode kind of accomplishes is that it keeps the single dad uh, widower idea alive for the Cisco character and Explorers is definitely the uh, <laughs> hold my beer it's like, like yeah, I'll yeah, do yeah. it real this time yeah. really like Take two. night and day <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it, it accomplishes a lot of those same things that Second Sight, I think, set out to do, uh, things to explore within Cisco's character and his relationship. Not so much with Jake and Second Sight, but a little bit in like the beginning of the episode where he talks about maybe meeting somebody and um, exploring the widower aspect of his character. Um, but uh, Explorers just does such a better job, I think, of getting into the nitty gritty of like where he is mentally, the kind of personality he has, what kinds of, you know, how he copes, you know, what his relationship with his son is as a single dad, like how is that specific to his experience? Yeah. Um, how does Jake see his dad? All that stuff is there. Uh, and I'm sure I, I did not have the same, uh, growing up experience that you did, but you know, I can imagine that somebody with that life experience, I, yeah, I mean, Jake Cisco and, Ben Cisco is like that is that is the relationship that speaks to that experience. Yeah. So for those folks like you who had that growing up, uh, that 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 was that that was reality. That was life. Mm-hmm. Um, that has to, I would imagine, uh, hit home pretty, pretty, pretty solidly. Uh, it it really does. In the episode, does some good stuff for the Jay character as well. I think up to this point, we've been dancing around the fact that will he won't. He go to you know Starfleet. What's he gonna do? How is he gonna follow follow his his father's footsteps? He's got you know a lot to kind of prove. But uh, I like that he comes, um, just to like to his father and is is really vulnerable and really uh, there's some really good stuff in that. So I really do like that episode. Yeah, yeah. No, I I love to hear it. I think. Uh, I had a feeling, I remember talking about it even before this rewatch, I think that episode would often kind of come up yeah. in your kind of like thinking back to your experience years ago with Deep Space Nine, that was one that kind of like stuck out in your mind, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I figured, but hearing you say like way up there as far as, you know, your favorites, at least to this point or favorite. Even yeah, yeah, overall. Favorite. <laughs> That's a specific. Yeah. But, sure, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but I, yeah, I think... Um, that's cool to hear, and I'm glad to hear season three ended strong. I think we'll we'll stay away from like getting too into too many episodes. I want to save that for mm-hmm. maybe our season three wrap up and doing yeah. see it, skip it, and yeah. uh, maybe even a fantasy draft at some point down the road. Like we have things we can do to yeah. like really sum up that season and and look at uh, how each one of the episodes kind of resonated for you. Uh, yeah. But yeah. especially in that back half, it's tough to talk about 
just a single episode when you're talking about how it's it's starting to weave in that serialization that Deep Space Nine mm-hmm. is definitely known for. So it's kind of hard to like talk about things in those kind of back bad that back run. So uh, I'll hit on Explorers for now, but we will be talking about it for sure. Definitely, yeah. We'll, we'll that's that's coming up very soon. We'll we'll, we'll do that. Um, uh, for me, I think since the last time we talked, I've watched. I can't remember if I had already watched Parallels. I might have watched that on Sunday, like after we did our yeah, live stream last week. After, yeah. yeah, I really like that. That's a great episode. Um, episode. That's that's kind of labeled as the episode that kind of inspired the Kelvin timeline. Like that's one. Mm. That's the episode that yeah. the they, they used to call them the Supreme Court of. Um, the, the the leadership of the people who were crafting Star Trek 09 back in like 2007, 2008, like when interviews were coming out and people were talking about the, you know what, what that movie was going to be and how it was going to work. It was it was like J.J. Abrams and Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orsi, all these people, David Lindelof, all the, all the big wig folks that were like shepherding that movie. Uh, one, one of the things that they kind of revealed pretty early on was this stray timeline kind of idea and they would cite parallels as like the way into that idea these quantum realities that are out there all these different permutations and the Kelvin timeline basically is one of these alternate versions of ourselves that are out there that we get to bounce all through in parallels um yeah really good really cool mind-bending Brandon Braga kind of episode uh good wharf stuff uh it is kind of like the introduction to the Worf Deanna kind of thing that they play with at the end of season seven. I think it works reasonably well in parallels as like a weird offshoot thing that, you know, as he's traveling through these different um, versions, <laughs> different timelines, different universes, uh, it, he, you know, it, as like a strange possibility that could have played out. But like I, I think when I watch it through that lens, I kind of like it. Like the way that this seems to be, the way parallels kind of conveys it is like as he jumps each time, each time he goes, it's like slightly more different than the last. Like it seems like he's like on a spectrum and jumping one step each time, and each step he's getting yeah. further and further away from the reality that he recognizes. And as he gets further and further along, that relationship with Deanna kind of changes and evolves into this romantic thing that clearly is like a possibility in even his own universe because it happens. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I think it works. I really like the, the sci-fi weird wackiness of it. Um, there are some really cool visual uh, effects things with the many, many enterprises and the 2,500,000 inhales or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, that they have to um, so love parallels. Um, for Deep Space Nine, I just watched Rivals and The Alternate, which isn't the greatest one-two punch. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had some guys back and forth with, uh, with Caleb, a friend of ours, uh, part of our Discord server, uh, on uh, on Twitter about Rivals and The Alternate. Actually, he just rewatched both uh, kind of on the same wavelength, same day, maybe. And uh, Rivals, I think we, we talked about it when we did season two uh, wrap-up. Uh, not a huge fan of the guest star. I like the actor. Chris Sarandon's a good good actor. He's a dog day afternoon. He's you know accomplished character actor. Yeah. Um, but that character, that rival of Quark, uh, I just think it's kind of lame. Uh, I like the O'Brien and Bashir banter, the racquetball game, and uh, Quark kind of using them. And there's some, there's some cute stuff there mm-hmm. uh, further extending that O'Brien-Bashir relationship evolving um 
but as a whole, I think it's pretty flat. And then the alternate is a pretty standard, safe father-son, strange kind of thing with Odo and that Bajoran doctor who kind of brought him along uh, with a strange kind of mystery to it. The, you know, yeah, it, it's just kind of there. I think it's okay. <laughs> it's good performance from Rene Auberjonois, but that's always the case. He's always good. Uh, and I, I just, like I said on Twitter yesterday, I, I wish the uh, relationship between him and his his father, in quotes, in air quotes, uh, Dr. Mara, was a, a little less, like, pat and cliche, maybe a little more dynamic. I think if you've seen a father-son, a strange kind of story, whether it's in Star Trek with, like, Commander Riker and his dad in The Icarus Factor or in any movie ever, you've, you've seen this story. Like, there's nothing new, nothing fresh, yeah. nothing exciting about it. For, um, but, yeah. Uh, so I think that'll do it for rewatch recap. Yeah, we I think so. Spent a little time on that. Um, Jimmy seventy sevens in the room and says he actually likes the episode Rivals. Um, interesting. Love to hear that. Uh, like I always say, no matter what the episode is, you you, you, you throw it out there and somebody out there somebody out there likes it. Uh, there's Beauty no universe right there. there. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Rob's in the room. How you doing, Rob? Good hey, to see Rob. you as always. Um, yep. So uh, let's let's get into and these are on YouTube. We have YouTube and we have Periscope. Yep. Bit of housekeeping, maybe you can find us now as of 2021 live on both. If you're on Twitter, you'll find us there streaming through Periscope. Um, you'll see it on your Twitter timeline if you follow me at TrekFan4387, and on YouTube on the Trek Live YouTube channel. People are watching and commenting as well. Um, so available as a live stream in multiple platforms and as as a replay on anywhere where you can find your podcasts if you're listening to the podcast right now i appreciate that very much but that being said the best way to experience trek live is here live being a part of the conversation so Mm. i just want to get that out there yep absolutely so we're going to get into our topic of the day which is episodes that would have made fun interesting two-part episodes single episodes that would have made good expanded two-parters um uh so anybody in the chat we have rob we have cyber honey who i think is aka mamel maybe maybe same person uh on periscope and youtube uh jimmy 77 is in the room anybody who's out there i think i saw jeff come in on the periscope feed we'll be watching if you have suggestions episodes you want to throw out there we'll be happy to read them off and yeah and then rob already dropped one that i'm sure will come up in conversation um we'll see where we go with that but um was there one for you, Dan, that like came right to mind? What's the What's the first thing if you want to go there? I don't know. I, 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 before we jump into the episodes, um, sure. I, there was yeah. there's a few things that went into my decisions and and the episodes that I thought of. So uh, we did. Bill is right. We did do an episode where we we talked about you know aspects of or, or storylines that we wanted to see more of, and I tried to stay away from that a little bit uh there's a few picks that just go against that rule entirely but um i I wanted to try to find an episode where we didn't it it was it was a solid episode on its own like i I wanted the return on investment to be better with a two-parter right if it's if there's a great episode and we add a two-parter onto that i don't know if if we get a better episode so that was kind of the balance that i that i tried to find um with some of these episodes again there's there's some uh, that are that isn't the case. Um, so getting that out of the way, the first episode that came to mind, which Rob mentioned, classic Rob. Uh, he knows me very well. The, the I'm Voyager guy. So um, Dragon's Teeth was the first episode that came to mind. 
uh, for episodes that um, that would make a great two-part. And I think one of the aspects of that is the episode has to do something very big and very... Um, it just just feel big and have a big sci-fi concept yeah. behind it to be able to benefit from the two-parter, right? I talked about the return on investment earlier. It's got to have some some heft in the first half to be able to push that to carry that into the second part of the episode. So, um, dragons, dragons' teeth to me had a lot of the the, the great sci-fi uh, foundations. Um, it, it had a bunch of just old ancient civilizations that was that was fascinating. This this uh, network that kind of would even help Voyager a little bit because this network yeah. would be able to help them travel. Like it it's it just just does a lot and i think it would have enough steam to carry that two-part kind of episode so sorry to go off a little bit but yeah that's no to answer your question dragon's teeth <laughs> yeah I, I think you know rob yeah like you said mentioned dragon's teeth would have made a great two-part i would have loved to see more of the bodwar the bodwar were introduced as like a really you know, c- compared to a lot of the single one-off kinds of alien species that not just Voyager, but Star Trek in general kind of introduces along the way, the Vodwar seem pretty well, you know, conceived. Like there's, there's a lot of backstory there. There is some richness and, you know, three dimensionality to, you know, what's going on there. What's their, you know, th- th- there was just a lot of opportunity, I think for, for further exploration. Mm-hmm. And I think you said it too, that, the other thing that I think makes Dragon Steve a really interesting episode is that there are real stakes there. Like there's an opportunity for Voyager to really get a lot closer and to have a major have this be a major step forward for their journey home. Uh, so it's it feels important in the premise of the show. It feels like a major moment for the crew and for the for the story of the series. Um, and, and just from a production standpoint, it feels ambitious and big. And, and I think it was, it was conceived, I think, originally as a, one of the, the many potential Voyager two-parters. And, and it feels like it. it fe- I think you can see it on screen. It feels like it in the in, in, in the story and in the script, uh, that it feels like something that's sort of uh, almost like bursting at the seams on the outs- outside of the episode. Like, it feels like it's like pouring out. It feels like it needs more time. And yeah. I think that's the thing that maybe, for me, for my money, like keeps it from being like a classic. Uh, I feel like if it had that extra time to breathe and we really got to develop the Bodwar a little bit more and there was some more uh, juice poured on those stakes uh, with the the real, you know, bigness of this of this moment of this episode, I think it really could have elevated it. Um, and I think it's it's fun now as it is. I think a lot of the, the qualities that we've talked about make it a fun episode and, a, and an important one. Um, but uh, me too. I mean, when to be honest, when... We, we, we talked about this. That is the kind of classic episode that pops into my mind whenever I think, like, what would be a good two-parter? Their Dragon's Teeth is, like, the yeah. the instinctual, like, yeah, that's the first one. So I, I think Rob brought it up first. Yep. You said it. I, I agree. Um, uh, so for me, other than that, if I had to stray away from Dragon's Teeth, another one that popped into my mind very quickly was uh, a TNG episode, uh, Conspiracy, from the first season. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. 
which I think in a weird way kind of already has a little bit of a setup with coming of age. A few episodes before it, you have like Remick and Quinn, the same characters that are in conspiracy, kind of teeing up this idea that something is amiss, something's weird in the Federation and in Starfleet's ranks. They're investigating for any potential like wackiness going on in the Enterprise. There's clearly something building. It's TNG's sort of first little toe dip into the pool of serialization. Things that are not paid off in coming of age, but come a few episodes down the pike. So in a way, we kind of get it, and I think maybe that's why I think of it as like a really good potential two-parter, because it's already kind of playing in that territory yeah. as it is. Uh, but the coming of age is really it's really not. I mean it's it's its own thing yeah. and there's there's a little bit there, but it, it, it doesn't feel overly connected to conspiracy. Like the stuff that we get a conspiracy with who these aliens are and what they're trying to do and what their purpose is and how widespread is this and how much damage has been done. Mm-hmm. Like what decisions have been made. Like there's a there's so much. This is like I think as big as wide a canvas as a Star Trek episode maybe has ever painted on. This is a this is like a Star Trek Discovery season arc kind of a story, like that you could just like sprawl or season three of Enterprise kind of a thing. Like the the, the corruption in the ranks of Starfleet and how how deep does it go, how long has it been there, what decision like I said, what decisions have been made, who's been affected by choices that these you know, parasites have been pushing, like what yeah. it just leads to so many like rabbit holes to jump down and explore that I think it, it always has come to mind. And it's a classic, I think, response to something like this when you think about like what episodes would have made a good movie, made a good two-parter, would have benefited from more more time and just more more there there. I think conspiracy usually uh, pops up in those kinds of conversations and I would definitely echo that. Yeah, it, it definitely has some, it does feel big. And and it's kind of, uh, kind of a precursor to some of the stuff we get with um, the paranoia with the changelings and Deep Space Nine yeah. and that stuff oh, yeah. in that regard but um, I totally agree the conspiracy kind of uh, a little bit of a run there uh, definitely has some uh, two part qualities I guess yeah there's some great stuff early in that episode with Picard meeting with those other captains on this like barren wasteland planet that's abandoned and like far on the off the off the radar uh where like things like that i feel like would have been really cool to expand on like the how, how these captains who are like fighting against it or, or, or becoming suspicious yeah. are communicating their fears and maybe working together like I, I just think with more time with another episode there it would have been would have been great but i think the other thing that kind of edges into my mind as i think about a lot of these things some of these episodes are great as is like conspiracy i think works really well i think it's a really great early episode of TNG I think it's it's tense and fast paced and rapid fire and bang 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 like it, it, it works as is so it's yeah. not to say like and that's that's one of the things that I think is interesting about this topic like are we talking about episodes that feel like maybe missed opportunities because they really needed that time and maybe didn't work as single episodes or are we talking about great episodes that would have been even better with like expanded like they're so good and they're so big and they feel so important that more yeah like it would have been even better as a two-parter uh, so there's there's a couple different ways you can go with this, and I think they're all as valid as the other. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And real quick, just to kind of throw it to the chat, uh, Jimmy JJ, or Jimmy Jimmy 77, uh, 77, um, is said, what about yesterday's Enterprise? And that's, that's an example to me, like, yeah, like, on paper, that makes sense. It's such a big 
concept. It's, it's, it feels like a big, more, important right? episode. Sure, of course. I would love for that to be longer. It feels like it's, it's a, it's a concept track, right? and a story. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And especially when it's that good. Like, that's a story and a concept that feels, you know, equipped to be a two-parter. But I, I, don't, I don't feel like... I feel like it accomplished what it set out to do, and I, I, I didn't write that one down. Like on, on paper, yeah, it makes perfect sense, and it, it, it works. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with anybody who named it. But for me, I didn't write it down because I feel like it's kind of perfect as is, and I don't know that. I have a harder time like coming up with well, what would part two look like, or how would you like yeah. where would you spend the additional time? Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd certainly be open to it and hearing more about how to flesh it out. Yeah. <laughs> What else came to mind for you from from anything? Uh, I this maybe will go onto the tor- like the tor- fall into the territory of, of the episode that we did prior to this about you know aspects that we wanted to see more of. But there's an episode of TOS, um, Assignment Earth, I think it is. Um, okay. Yeah. This is one of those episodes where I think uh, kind of falls uh, a little bit short. But I think it would be better if it was a two-parter, right? And I think there's some interesting things to be explored, right? There's this big sci-fi concept where um, they, they it's, it's, it feels casual to go back in, in time. And I think this is, even in TOS, it's crazy to think that, um, that you know, this precedes the, uh, the Temporal Cold Wars. This, this is before... Um, you know, mm-hmm. Section Thirty One, things like that. So I think there's some some really good stuff here. Actually, um, a big sci-fi concept, obviously, with, with the time travel aspect of it. Yeah. But like secret agents and things like that. I think it's just um, one of those TOS episodes that I that I find myself thinking. You know, maybe there's some stuff. I mean, there's a bunch of TOS episodes like that, but there was some stuff left on the table. I think with this episode for sure. Sure. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think when you think about it through the lens of like things that we got later with Section Thirty One and temporal agents and this temporal Cold War and yeah, all that stuff, Assignment Earth becomes even more interesting to think about. Like who who is Gary Seven and like retroactively, especially like it's fun to think about ways to like slide him into the continuity and where does he fit? I where think Discovery from, could fix him, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> it, it, Cyber Honey, let, I, I'll go to her real quick, and just because she's she's rattling off some interesting choices here. I'm, uh, the one I'll I'll go to first is her next gen episode, which is the Wounded, which I wrote down. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I I think that is kind of like a and maybe what's drawing me to it, and maybe maybe one of the reasons why. I don't know. I could, you could go either way. Like the Wounded feels like sort of a. A sister episode to Equinox. You have this yeah. other captain who goes rogue, and yeah. you know it's it's. I think I think there's some similarities there, and maybe that's why I'm like kind of drawn to it uh, because I know what Equinox did uh, from, from Voyager. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think there's a clear opportunity there with so much backstory being introduced with Cardassians and O'Brien and. Uh, she mentions the set like three massacre like they talk about that a lot and, yeah you know we, we we see very little of the phoenix and um i think that's the name of the ship right uh captain um person blanking bob gunn is the actor yeah. from shawshank redemption uh, uh but the, the the captain maxwell on 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 the phoenix i believe uh the, we don't see a whole lot of him he's in it like at the very end a couple of scenes yeah um in like the last Maybe 15 minutes we see him a couple of times on the Enterprise, and then O'Brien has a really great scene with him at the end. 
but I, there's clearly an opportunity there to like dive into him and what he sees and um, there's a there's a twist at the end with maybe maybe he was right all along. Um, so there, there's clearly that's another episode where it feels like there's a lot of bursting at the seams, a lot more yeah, that could have been done exactly. in a different format. I think it works. I think it works really well. That would be in like my hundred favorite episodes of Star Trek. That's a good sure. hour. Right up yeah, it's a me. solid hour. It's a great hour. Yeah. It's a solid hour. I don't feel like it's like unsatisfying in any way as is. Yeah. Um, that's another one that I feel like it works perfectly as is, but there are definite opportunities to, to flesh it out. So I agree with you. Uh, it came in. Well, it's one of the episodes I wrote down. Um, and she also mentioned cloud from Voyager, uh, trying to figure out how to interact with the crew and the crew trying to interact with her. Yeah. And we have the science fiction story with all that stuff, the animal guide stuff. Like there's a lot happening in that episode. And, one of the things that I like the most about the cloud more than the cloud and like the life form and all that, like nitty gritty science fiction stuff is the way that it kind of the book ending stuff in that episode with Janeway kind of getting comfortable with her role in this unique situation with dealing with the crew and you know, what's, what's right and what's wrong. What's the right amount of separation and, you know, respectful distance and how much of a mother can I be like a, a like a parent figure, like really getting my hands dirty into the crew. Um, and I think, yeah, like a two part, uh, treatment could have fleshed that out and had that even be more of a yeah. active part of that story. So, and then to TOS, she mentioned, uh, for the world's hollow and I have touched the sky, uh, as well as assignment okay. earth being something that was on our mind. Which is the Dr. McCoy yep. uh, has a fatal disease and the, yeah. that asteroid that people think is a planet, but it's actually a, a ship moving through space. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have no idea like where they are. And, and, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I agree. I actually think that's a good call. Yeah, it's a good a lot. That's another one where McCoy, what's going on in McCoy's head could have been more fleshed out, expanding on his relationship with that alien female on the planet that might be drawing his, uh, maybe making him open to the idea of potentially staying there and working with these people. Um, I think more time, more, more room to breathe. Hmm. might've expanded on all that stuff and helped make all that even more credible and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, real quick though, a TOS episode that came to mind for me. Uh, was the immunity syndrome, which is the big space amoeba that's kind of like expanding to the point where it's going to consume everything. Um, that feels like a really big problem, like a universe backbreaking kind of potential adversary slash yeah. natural disaster kind of a thing. Um, uh, but I think the thing that draws me most to that episode is. Kirk having to choose at the end of the episode between Spock and McCoy who's going to go on this suicide mission and both characters have unique skill sets and traits that you know make them valid choices Spock's physical capabilities to maybe have a better chance of yeah maybe if all goes well surviving or at least pushing through and getting the information back to the Enterprise um, McCoy having the training and the expertise it's a, it's a medical problem it's a biological problem it's 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 in his wheelhouse, but he's human, so he might not be able to sustain the, the pressures and the, yeah. the, the the stress. Uh, and you know, obviously, they're Kirk's two best friends, so he has to choose between. Like, I, I think with more time, that whole choice and Kirk having to agonize and maybe building to this point where he knows that he's going to have to pick. There might have been an opportunity there too. And then, of course, the the, the problem itself is so universe affecting like massive issue uh that i think it feels like a big important huge episode that yeah. would have benefited from 
that that expanded treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Cool. My next episode. My next episode that I will mention is one of those ones where I'm like, is it better just on its own, or, mm-hmm. um, or would it benefit from a two part? treatment so uh, i'm gonna try to convince myself right now actually <laughs> to to, to uh, <laughs> uh for that to happen but the, the episode is counterpoint uh from voyager ah. um okay. and i know it's great just a single hour but if you think about the setup of this episode right they they, they can't the, the space that they're gonna, gonna have to go through is so wide that it would take yeah. longer uh to go around so they have to go straight through and i think that that to me, it, it could even be just kind of how you know the Kazon was, or kind of how the any other you know kind of species was, um, and I think there's there was some good chemistry, enough chemistry between you know um, the captain and the adversary. I, I forget his name, but um, um, there's some really good stuff in that, and I know that Patrick. is is a great single hour. But I think there was enough there that um, there was enough meat on the bone to kind of. Stuff that was set up in that episode with you know harboring the fugitives. I mean, they weren't even fugitives; they were refugees, um, I should say, um, and that kind of dance. And I think um, I don't know if it would have benefited from you know doing a serialization kind of piece, a run of episodes. But I, I really do think that uh, I really like uh, the idea of a two-part part two for a counterpoint. Um, oh yeah. Oh, I think so too. I think that's another example of like. A, a a problem an alien society with the and it's not even like Voyager does this a lot I feel like if you if you boil down uh, especially in that middle stretch I feel like there's there's a they got into this habit often and I, I, it works I think a lot of the time it works well the episodes kind of just drop you right into the middle like yeah of, of, of the story like they've already been dealing with these people uh, they have refugees that they somehow came across and are yeah. harboring telepathic people that they're hiding in the transporter along with their own crew. So there, there's a lot of times, I think, in, in some of these Voyager episodes, an implied series of events that happened before. And I like that. I like that it just kind of drops you. You know, I got talked about on course heading with Discovery and things like that. There's always this perceived things happening off screen. Like yeah. we drop in and these people are living lives and serving every day and going through daily grind like there, there are things that we just can't we're not seeing every, every little thing that happens um yeah and, and there are quite a few episodes of voyager killing games another one's already a two-parter but yeah. you, you get dropped right in and the ship's already taken like you, you don't see the whole take the ship and i'm glad for that i mean we how many times do we need to see we already saw that basics and how many other yeah. times we've seen the ship get taken over and yeah. captured like that's the you gotta you gotta be careful how often you do that um the killing game jumps right to the nitty gritty of the story, what makes this episode unique. Yeah. And Counterpoint kind of does the same thing. But there, there is a real opportunity there, I think, to yeah. go back and expand further, like their first interactions. Like, I think Janeway already knows this guy, Kashik, when the episode begins. Like, this is something they've been doing already. They've already been through these inspections. Yeah. They're kind of tired of them already. Like, so it already implies that things have happened. And so I, I definitely think that's a natural choice that makes sense. But you're right. It's another one that's almost, you know, damn near perfect as is. Yeah, no, it's so, tough to put that <laughs> on the list. It's a hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeff, a.k.a. Ma- or, uh, Jeff from uh, Periscope um, over here Fits mentioned it. Rifle yeah. Air um, from TNG. Ooh. 
um, which uh, has major implications as well. Big time. Uh, Worf going through a crisis of faith and uh, this this clone Kalas and the the divide that, that presents within the Klingon Empire, the way different different factions and different houses are going to react to this and who's going to get behind this. Kales who believes that it's really Kales who believes that it's yeah. a clone and rejects him. Like, there's an opportunity there for like bubbling up more stuff for redemption. The divides that are already there in yeah. the Klingon Empire and Gowron's leadership and uh, his vulnerabilities and how work fits into it all and how the Federation fits into it all. And that's that's like a drop, dropping a match into a already very dry yes. field, right? That's that. There's so mm-hmm. much that's there already and built up that would be prime. Just the small little thing. Uh, that's that's a really good pick because I think there's definitely a lot to explore there. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, <clears throat> definitely agree. Um, another, another. What I'll actually do here is there's there's two here that I wrote down that I resisted intentionally. Like on paper, they make a ton of sense for me. Like, yeah, they would make killer two parts, but I'm glad they're not because I feel like they already. These are two classic episodes in my mind, way up there for me. Maybe top 50 overall yeah. of the whole thing. But they walk right up to the line of sort of mimicking or going into a, the, the same terrain as an already classic episode that came before. Uh, so I'm thinking of Timeless from Voyager, and I'm thinking of Twilight from Enterprise. And I feel like an expansion into two-part territory for either one of them almost invites too much of a comparison to you. That's like a counter. Like yeah, alternate that's history. Yeah, I feel like the, the, the alternate potential history, the, the potential future, having to correct the timeline uh, to set things back. Like, Year of Hell did that. I think these two episodes do a similar thing in a different way and have different emphasis and different characters that they're exploring. Different, They're, they're different vibes. They're very different. Yeah. But I think the fact that they're single episodes and that they're not about... I, I think that helps differentiate them from your hell. I think it, it would have been maybe a mistake to, to occasionally pull out these two-part episodes that are reset button, vulnerable kind of. Um, so I, I think I think they both I have think the. Could have done it, but. You think they could have been? I think because Twilight just has way bigger stakes, right? This is like this is what we're seeing with um the with Discovery season three, right? This everything is annihilated. They're they're extinct yeah. now, so I think right. definitely the that that's got some bigger stakes. I think uh, as far as you know, in comparison to Year of Hell, but um yeah, I think with with Timeless though, I think that that definitely would have been an issue that they would have had to. Uh, kind of try to resolve and try to make it feel a little bit fresh um but yeah i think twilight though i mean it's it's good it does some big stuff and i think they, they could have done that it does and it, it, but that's another one where you know some of my favorite things in that episode are the ambiguity like the unanswered questions when archer asks to paul just how far has our relationship evolved and to paul just looks at him and it cuts like i don't want to I, as much as i want to know the answer to the question i think it's awesome that we don't know <laughs> i love the fact that it yeah. cuts and stops just short and her her expression her reaction to the question lead you to believe that either avenue are, are completely <laughs> yeah. possible. Yeah. Like, like either way would not be surprising. And yeah. I love that. And I, I love the unanswerednessness. I love the, the, the possibilities that that in, in, invites. And so 
as much as I think that two-part opportunity could have further fleshed that out, and it, it certainly could have been satisfying to further explore, you know, and, and like the way Connor Trenier plays Trip as this kind of grizzled, exhausted yeah. captain who's gray and just looks tired. His his performance is great as Trip in this version of the future. Yeah, and but I think like his performance tells you everything you need to know about what this guy's been through and the hell he's living through. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much maybe seeing more on screen and more there, there in terms of plot and like exposition is needed. Like, yeah, you could do it and it yeah. would probably be great. And the story is inviting for that. But I don't know if at the end of the day, would it be better? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's like there, but, and, and you're right. It would, it would have been great. And I, it, 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 I'm sure it would have been a classic too. Um, but like I said, some of my favorite things about Twilight are the unanswered yeah. questions that are implied in the performances. I think that's what makes the performances so special in that episode that they get to carry so much of the weight, not yeah. the exposition, not the writing. It's the, the way these actors are playing their body language and their facial expressions and the things they react to and don't. Yeah. Tell a lot of the story. Yeah, I guess I, one of the best showcases for that guest. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll I'll mention one more before we kind of wrap it up here. Um, it's sure. kind of it's similar on that on that uh, in that avenue is 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 another Enterprise episode's Future Tense, I think. Um, oh, yeah. I think there's down. there's a lot of left on that table uh, as far as what they could have done, right? There's this, it's a really big sci-fi setup, but is the is it good because there were so many unanswered questions still? Um, that's kind of the, kind of the same thing with with um, Twilight. So yeah, no, I, I agree. Well. I agree with all that. <clears throat> yeah, I think a lot of a lot of opportunity there with Future Tense. I think again, some of the unansweredness, some of the the ambiguity is maybe some of the strength of the episode for me. Like mm-hmm. so, the, the, yeah. the unknown. I think being dropped into the not knowing the answers and being feeling like you're playing from behind the way the crew is playing from behind is why I like the episode. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's another one that came to mind enough for me to write it down. Um, the last one that I'll throw out there as an episode that I actually think, unlike some of these other ones we've talked about, uh, feels like one that really needed it and might've been much better off with the expanded time. Um, is Voyagers in the Flesh, uh, which is sort of like the, right. the cap off yeah. and the resolution of the A472 yeah. stuff. And especially with Discoveries, there is a tide in mind. Like, I want to see <laughs> Janeway and somebody like Boothby from the A472 version of Boothby, yeah. like, hashing it out the way that Admiral Vance and Osira hash it out and have to come, like, have like I, w- I would be there for that. I think the episode could have used that. I think the, the resolution of the species of 472 stuff. That. Yeah, I feel like it's a little been a little a little easy as a as yeah. a as a um, as, as as a cap off and a and a kind of okay yeah. we're tabling this and making it go yeah. away. Uh, that I think could have really used more time. Um, but and I've, I've, for a long time, I've liked In the Flesh. Uh, I grew up liking it. I've, over the course of many rewatches, said I, I think it's good. But the older I've gotten, the more I've seen, I've maybe had a conversation or two with Jim Morehouse. Uh, and he's not as big on I think he's opened my eyes just in like back and forths. Uh, talking about it and yeah. I, I, I've been swayed into the little bit of a missed opportunity I like the Earth stuff I like the Chicote stuff I, I like the mystery of it but I think it really could have used a little more juice in the in the resolution with yeah. that 
And I think that's given how much yeah. they carry in sport, and even prey is like this yeah. really tough thing to reckon with. And, and I think that's what really anchors it down. And I think in it anchors down the rest of the where they get where they um, get some time because if we we get that explanation, this is where I think if we get that instead of. Um, playing on that mystery and things like that I think this is where we could have had an opportunity to be able to okay add a little bit of a wrinkle to it um, and then if we go back and rewatch it then it adds even another layer right so um, I think you're right that's that's a really good really good pick yeah so real quick I just want to make sure I don't miss anything with the chat uh, Vince Calher mentioned absolute candor from Picard but she also mentioned our discord server advertisement for our, our, our discord server okay yeah that's uh, like to have seen story. Yeah. Uh, we get with the, the Vashti and the, the, the still good. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of really good backstory stuff there. And I think more time, um, the you flashback stuff. Book, Bro, like I could see that. That could be a book. Seems, yeah. It's, it's the kind of stuff that the books seem to be doing these days with kind of filling, filling in pre yeah. gaps, yeah. things that happen before we see. Um, so yeah, that, that feels, very possible. Um, and then I think I don't think I missed any others in the chat. But um, yeah, I think we I think we mentioned a lot. Uh, Jeff did mention in on Twitter. I, I would echo this just as like maybe one last real quick one to throw out there. Will you take my hand? Season one finale of Discovery. I think could use more time as well. I think uh, the resolution for the Klingon War yeah. maybe for some feels a little rushed, a little quick. Uh, and I think that's that's one that came to mind for me too, Jeff. And uh, obviously it did for you. Uh, so. Oh, uh, Cyber Honey mentioned the crossing, which is an Enterprise episode from season two with non-corporeal wisps. Oh and, yeah, uh, they have that massive ship that envelops Enterprise, and they're kind of trapped. And um, it seems the, the, the reason that's appealing to me is that the 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 uh, potential insurmount insurmountability of that adversary, like the size of that ship, the clear overpowering that they have yeah. over over Enterprise and our our crew. Um, the, the the concept feels big enough, I think, to, to withstand like further expansion, maybe a little bit more time. So I, I totally agree. On paper, that that can do it. Mm-hmm. Any others? Any last ones you want to throw out there? Any final thoughts? I feel like we could be here all day, but uh, no, I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't think so. I think that. Um, there is, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not saying we can totally forget about this. Maybe we have another part two of of, of, of this episode where we could uh, find even <laughs> more uh, could, to talk about. But definitely, if you guys have any others, uh, definitely come over to the Twitter and the Discord server uh, and let those um, and share those picks with us. Yeah, agreed. Our Discord server is a great place for those kinds of expanded conversations, uh, continuing the discussion. Uh, it's, it's becoming more and more active these days. I feel like somebody dropped oh, yeah. a bomb earlier this morning about uh, what do you guys think about Tuvix in our Discord server, and that's which that's is like like lightning like <laughs> dropping a match in a <laughs> yeah um, dry field. So yeah. those kinds of if, if, yeah. if you're eager to have the Tuvix conversation, our, our Discord server is the place to do it. Uh, 
Yeah. So, yeah, if, you, if you're interested in joining, if you're uh, not sure about Discord, you want to learn a little bit more about it, you have questions, you can DM me at TrekFan4387. If you want an invite, you want to be a part of it, same thing. Send me a DM. Let me know that you're interested in jumping aboard. I will get you that information. You can you can become a part of the conversation. Yeah. That way. Yeah. You guys know the drill. The discussion does not have to stop here. Um, I just mentioned it, but Twitter is probably the best place and Discord is probably the best place to keep the discussion going. Uh, we love to hear it, not just this week's topic um, or next week's topic or any any topic you want to talk about. Just come over. Uh, that's what we love to do. So, For sure. Yep. <clears throat> All right, I think that'll do it for this week. We'll be back next Sunday for more. Uh, a two-part, two-week episode. Jimmy says, "I don't know if anybody." Can... That's a that's a bold. Yeah, that's bold. Bold ask. Tough. Uh, but I, I, that's actually not a bad thought, though. Just to respond, I think. Yeah, I mean, two weeks is already so well developed in the hour, and kind of be fall in love with them so mm-hmm. quickly in just the one episode. I think it would be maybe even, even too painful with even more time and yeah. more. Uh, more development of his own personality I think it would become even difficult to, to get there at the end of the episode yeah um, no you're joking but it, it would have been if you want to push to the to the extreme max of that concepts like you can toughness and ability to like do it you can do it I think I think there's a real case to be made there yeah. if you want to make it as painful as possible at the end uh, expanding <laughs> time more time with Tuvix would yeah would, would certainly do that. Um, and then real quick, Jeff did mention the, the chase, which was mentioned a couple times on Twitter. I'll be remiss. I, I'm surprised that didn't come up naturally um, for me. Uh, that's a that's a huge concept with what connects all these species. Definitely a great choice. I think Jim mentioned it on Twitter along with um, one or two other people as a, as a clear possible um, option. And that's 100%. Yes. Yes. The chase would have been a good two-part episode without a doubt. For sure. All right, I think that'll do it. Um, we'll be back next week, next Sunday, um, for, for more. I'm not sure exactly what we're talking about yet. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that and yeah. kind of chart out our next few weeks. But um, that'll do it for this two part kind of uh, little run of episodes of Time Zero and the Fantasy Draft and what would have made a good two parter. So yeah. appreciate you guys hanging with us through these topics and uh, stay tuned for more. Yep. Thanks for watching, everybody. See you next week. Thanks, guys. Hey, this is Trek Live Dan again. Like I said before, the discussion does not have to stop here. Come over to our Twitter, Facebook, and our Discord channel to keep the Star Trek discussion alive. See you guys next time.